Madison, something good is coming your way. Scotty Madison, Scotty Madison, true life stories to make your day. Hello, this is Scotty Madison, and welcome to It's Not the Duck. Man, am I excited today. I've got my old ball coach, Coach David Lee, uh, who was my quarterback coach at Vanderbilt one year, and it's exciting that he's on. And uh, Coach Lee, how you doing? Doing uh, great, Scotty. How in the world are you doing? Proud of you, buddy. Well, Coach, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm proud of you. I followed you the, for the past 40 years. And I know the other day when we talked setting this up, it's hard to believe, Coach, it's been 40 years since you and I really last visited. Well, it seems like yesterday we're walking out through the tunnel and hitting the turf together for another two-a-days there in 1977, but you're right. It, it, it is time flies. You know, actually, you, you were kind enough to uh, meet me and when I was playing for the Albuquerque Dukes, uh, the Dodgers AAA team, and you were coaching out there, I think, at uh, New Mexico or New Mexico State. Uh, you know, yep, so, I was at, uh, I was, yeah, that UNM, I was the offense coordinator there when you were in Albuquerque. Well, I, I know I said, God, coach is taking me to dinner. You know, I was making $1,500 a month and I'm thinking <laughs> you, you may not have been making a whole lot more than that as a coach back then. <laughs> hey, I remember well, it was $30,000 and I thought I'd hit the jackpot. I was, I was a millionaire. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, listen, you and I both started off um, uh, at Vanderbilt as, as quarterbacks, but we got to go farther back than that, you know, because we're, we're two tired old quarterbacks from Pensacola, Florida, and uh, you were at Woodham High, and I was at Tate High, and I always wanted to ask you, why did you choose Vanderbilt? What, what helped you make that decision? Well, I, I really look, look, look back, and I'm dead serious. I think it was completely God orchestrating my life because – everything told me to go to Florida State. Uh, Florida offered me as a junior, and Florida State offered me as a junior. A couple other schools did too. Vanderbilt, I think, was one of them. And I had a really good junior year. Scotty, I want to say I was one or two in the state and passing. That's all big five wow. conference first team. Everything happened. Sweet 16 coming in my senior year, the Super 16 that the Orlando Paper did. And bam, my third or fourth game, I dislocate my shoulder so bad they think it's broken, it's hung up and that was in Panama City Bay and I missed that whole year so uh, I go to my official visit in Florida and Doug Dickey looks at me and says David we're going to call you next week and let you know if we're going to extend a scholarship to you I said coach you already offered me a scholarship <laughs> my dad in your office last August right before the season he nodded his head yes up and down he said I'll call you next week and I had a Pepsi in my hand with rushed ice and yeah. I mean Bill Carr was one of the guys sitting at the table and Jimmy Haynes two Pensacola guys they were recruiting yep. my butt off when Dickie said that. He said, well, we just got two commitments from two taller backs than you. You're just 6'1". They're both 6'5". We're going to take them. And I said, fine, coach. I'm going to go somewhere right against Florida. I was so mad and so cocky and arrogant, I guess, at that time. That's exactly what I told him, Scott. You know, I'll throw that thing of Pepsi right in his face right when he said that. So I, I couldn't wait till my senior year at Vanderbilt. We played the Gators and got them and beat them. I was the AP player of the week. It was a dream come true. That is that is great. You know, it's it, I guess it's from the old song, How Do You Like Me Now?, you know, and, uh, it, you know, it, it was something back then, you know, it, uh, back then they, you know, when you got a scholarship, it was a four-year deal. You know, it, it wasn't just yeah, a one year right. at the time. And uh, Coach Doug Dickey, you know, Florida is one of the schools that did not recruit me. 
I was recruited by uh, Coach Brian Heavy at Alabama, Charlie McClendon at LSU. Uh, Tennessee and Florida were the only SEC schools that did not recruit me. And uh, I came up to came up to Vanderbilt and met uh, Dr. Rob Roy Purdy and um, uh, the, the sports editor, uh, Fred uh, Russell. And, man, I just fell in love, you know. And you're like me, Coach. First time I ever saw Leaf change colors was up here in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, no question. No uh, question. It's beautiful up there. You know, uh, I also noticed you got a history degree. Well, I minored in history. And, uh, you know, I always felt like I guess that's why I like all the Old Testament stories. I mean, there's something about history that I just took a liking to. But, uh, you know, you're, before you came and coached me at Vanderbilt, you were at UT Martin. And this is interesting. Yes, uh, I'm not sure what your football record was there, but, Coach, you did something there that was really impactful on the, on the athletes there. You helped organize the first Fellowship of Christian Athletes chapter in the school. And I know it was very early in FCA. And, and I always wanted to know, uh, because I know my experiences early on, uh, were you received well or were you kind of an outcast back then? You know, you know, uh, we went to UT Martin, and, and they had won two games in three years. And our second year, we won eight, and it spurred me on to get the job at Vanderbilt. But the FCA Fellowship Christian Athletes, Scotty, uh, Bo Patton at the time was our president of that at, there at Vanderbilt. And he's the one that led me to Christ through a tr- ton of adversity that I had football-wise. You know, I re-dislocated my shoulder. And through this whole ordeal, Bo was president of the FCA. At the time, all I wanted to do was throw the football and chase girls. I wouldn't dare <laughs> to go to class very much. But Bo came in my room one night, and he shared Christ with me. He said, hey, David, he said, you need – I said, look, Bo, I said, I appreciate it, but my grandpa was a Baptist minister, and I was raised in the Baptist church, and I ran him out of my room. He came back second night, and he said something, Scotty, I'll never forget. And I knew he was the FCA president. He always carried that leather Bible around. I wasn't getting too close to those kind of guys at that time in my right, life. Right, right. And – I told Bo, I said, hey, Bo, I said, just just leave me alone. He said, well, let me tell you something, Dave. He said, you're out there throwing in the snow and asleep in the ice. It's January and February. The only guy you can get to go out there with you and catch him, Dietrich. And, and, and you're working your butt off and you're screwing it up. He said, you're screwing it up. So once you get out of the way and ask God to come into your life and be the kind of quarterback he wants to make you be and let him play through you and practice through you. And I said, yeah, Bo. He comes back the third night with another guy you've heard of in North Florida, Jamie O'Rourke. Yep. I ran with Jamie, and we went to the store 180 miles an hour in his car and came back the same speed. We were <laughs> up and down the interstate chasing girls in Florida State at, at spring break. And Jamie's got a Bible under his arm, and he's just asked Christ into his life. And he and I are about to get in a fist fight for the third night in a row over this thing about Christ <laughs> and me giving my life to Christ. And I run them both out of the room, 511, Carmichael Towers. Anyway, Scotty, long story short, that fourth night I'm sitting there ready for him. And I started thinking about what Bo Patton said about, David, you're screwing it up. Won't you get out of the way and let him practice through you and throw through you and play through you and live through you and be the kind of quarterback he wants you to be instead of the kind that you're trying to be because you're screwing it up. And that night, Scotty, I hit my knees there at Carmichael Towers at Vanderbilt. Wow. And I prayed and I asked Christ into my life to come make me the kind of person, the kind of player, especially the kind of quarterback that he wanted me to be because I wasn't pleased with where I was. And I said, please, God, show me tomorrow. Show me, show me for sure. You, you, you came into my life that you're real in my life. I want to know it tomorrow morning when I wake up. Scotty, I woke up, went to Econ 100 class, and yeah. it's the first time I could ever remember at that time walking to class and looking at girls and seeing them as people instead of objects to size up. And then sitting in a classroom with guys with slide rules, you know, six inches long on the side of their belt, thick, thick glasses. And I looked at them, and I was, you know, it's because I was such a lopsided 
you know, jerk of a person. I looked at them as nerds, you know, instead of said, right, Hey, right. you know, I went to class and I asked one of them, I said, what are you majoring? In? He said, architecture. So what are you majoring? In? He said, chemical engineering. The other guy said, what are you majoring in? I said, I just came up here to throw the football, you know, but that's where <laughs> I was. And I gave my life to Christ and everything changed immediately in my life with my football. Did I start immediately? No, I sat and God had to teach me patience and character, things I needed for the whole year, my junior year. And in my senior year, everything happened. I'm on SEC, uh, Associated Press All Conference. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I led the SEC in passing. I was voted the most valuable player of the team and the captain of the team. Got 59 out of 60 votes, and I voted for Gene Mosier. So God just took off with my career, and I, I couldn't wait to go start an SCA group at UT Martin. I couldn't believe they didn't have one, but uh, I found a guy named Charlie Gregg who transferred from Vanderbilt to UT Martin. He became the president, and off it went. So long time to answer your question, but I wanted to share that, Scotty. No, no Coach, I'm glad you did, and, and I never knew that. And and let me tell you what, you were incredibly impactful for me. I only had you for one year at Vanderbilt, but but I knew, Coach, you know, you you didn't you didn't lead with Jesus talking about it, but it was how you carried yourself. It was uh, I knew there was something different and something special, and and uh, all of us did. You know, we had four quarterbacks. You were, you know, there with us. It was myself, Randy Hampton, and uh, another boy named Mike. I'm going to tell a story about him in a minute, so I'm not going to use his last name. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Cully, you know, and I know you mm-hmm. had a big impact on David Cully. And for our listeners, David has been an NFL coach for a long time. Do you run into him now in the National Football League anywhere? Well, you know, he was the head coach of the Texans just a year ago or two years ago. Right, didn't right. I didn't, I didn't think he didn't, get, he didn't get any chance, Coach. Zero chance. No, and neither did, neither, neither did the guy that followed him, Lovey Smith. Both of them got one year, and now they've got another guy. So you got to look at ownership to me, and I, I'm not being critical of anybody, but that guy, Cully, you know, Cully is as charismatic a person as I've ever been around and knew a lot of football and just didn't get a chance to stay in there very longer. But we had some people in that room that, that went on. You played pro baseball. You know, he was a head football coach. I've coached quarterbacks 30 years in college and 15 in the NFL. So we've all, we all had, we had a pretty good room there for a while, Scotty. You know, we <laughs> did have a good room. A I, short I rem- while. We did. It was a short, but I remember one time you had all of us in there and you were trying to reach one of the quarterbacks. And uh, you said, Son, what in the world's going on? I've been calling your phone all day long. And you said, Coach, my number's been dislocated all day long. <laughs> <laughs> And you look at us and go, go boy, yeah, these are my field generals. (laughs) (laughs) And then then another time we were on the field and we were talking about throwing both ways, which of course is ambidextrous. But this same quarterback goes, he said, coach, I saw a guy throwing the other day. He said, I can't believe that guy's Adirondack. And you just looked at (laughs) us. Oh, I remember that. Well, you know, you, when you left Vanderbilt, you uh, you end up going to Ole Miss, and I know that uh, you yes. were a big admirer of Coach Sloan, and uh, what an impact he left in young men. And what made Coach uh, Sloan special, and, and why did you follow him to Ole Miss? Well, he, he he's the first guy that I mean, literally taught me, you know, how to drop back properly. You know, it was a five step drop, it was a seven step drop, how to get a base quickly before I started my throw, I had my feet, you know, a narrow base. My feet were six inches apart. They needed to be 15 inches apart, you know, shoulder width, take a short step. He had all the fundamentals. I'd never heard of any of them. Now, I had a great high school coach in Jerry Henderson. He changed my release. Scotty, I was a pure sidearmer as a sophomore, and I went there from Missouri. I came to Woodham as a sophomore, and 
and uh, beat out two kids older than me, but it was because Coach Henderson changed my release. I mean, drastically changed. For the whole month of June and July before my sophomore year, he made me throw the ball with my left ear because I was a sidearmer to get the ball up. And then after that, in August 1st, he said, now throw it like you used to. It was three-quarter overhand, one that I kept the rest, rest of my career. But his influence and Steve Sloan's influence, I named my first son after Coach Sloan, Brian Sloan Lee, just because wow. of the wow. impact as a Christian he had on me because I found Christ right before he was hired. And then, bam, I mean, to have a Christian coach like him with knowledge that played at Alabama, was drafted by the Falcons, it was a dream come true. And he, I mean, I named my son after him, and, and to this day we talk once a month. We're really, really, really close. He's in Orlando. I'm down here in Fort Lauderdale. But uh, Steve was, and then when he hired me, I just was at Vanderbilt that one year, you know, with you, and then, boom, I was gone. And just, you know, I've been close to him ever since. But he, he gave me so much knowledge of how to coach a quarterback okay how to play quarterback there's so many things that he gave me that i wasn't and had never received anywhere you know previously to him coming to vandy and doing the great job that he did i can remember the week we played florida i went into his office and i had this kind of relationship with him scotty i looked at him i said and, and i love fred fisher fred's right there in town in nashville and right fred right. and i you know room together on the road a lot and cully and i room together on the road a lot but Anyway, I, I said to Coach Sloan in the week of the game, I said, Coach, I'm, I'm so mad. I said, I'm leading the SEC in passing. Fisher and I split time. We played quarter. He'd play quarter. I play quarter. He'd play quarter. I play quarter. And the game was over. And after three games, I'm leading the SEC in passing. He's second. Fisher's second. We're both one and two, <laughs> both from Vanderbilt. But, but, but in my heart, I was better than him. And I went in right. and I got Coach Sloan. I said, Coach Sloan, it's Monday. I said, we're playing Florida this week. I said, I hate the Gators. I said, but I want to go home. I said, I'm, I'm so mad at you because you won't start me. I'm the best quarterback you've got on this team, and you don't know it. And he said, David, aren't you a Christian? I said, yes, I'm a Christian. He said, well, don't you know God's got a plan for your life? And I said, yes, sir, coach, but I think you're getting in the way of his plan. <laughs> Scott, that's exactly what I told him. <clears throat> that's the kind of relationship that I had with him. I could be totally dead honest, much like you and I. I mean, you, it broke my heart. When I had to come pass the information to head coach, I just redshirted you because if there's anything I learned through my 48 years of coaching quarterback, Scotty, it's what Bill Parcells, when he told me this years later, I immediately thought of Scotty Madison. He said, David, your quarterback's the guy that can get the ball in the end zone without turning it over. I don't care about his stats and how many touchdowns, what is completion, but who's the guy that can get the ball in the end zone without turning it over? And Scotty, that was you, and we redshirted you. Yeah, you did, but 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 I appreciate you sharing that with me. And that's one of the reasons you you met with me in Albuquerque that time, just to, to tell me that same story. And that that talks about the character that you had. And uh, I, I tell you, Coach, I had to run through walls for you, and I did. I did whatever you, you asked. You know, I just did. Well, you, you, I mean, you did it that whole pre-fall, that whole August of all those scrimmages. You ran the ball, dodged people, ran over them, threw completions. You did everything. Stuck the ball in the end zone. We redshirted you. <laughs> Well, you may have saved my baseball career. Who knows? <laughs> well, good. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, you're speaking about uh, talking to coaches and, and being straightforward. I had a conversation like that once with Pete Rose. Uh, it was a spring training, and he called me in his office. They were sending me back to AAA. I didn't make the team. And I'm sitting there, oh, my gosh, this is probably the greatest player in the history of the game. And he's telling me I'm going back to uh, AAA. And, Coach, I don't know what happened. Same thing that kind of came over you when you talked to Coach Sloan. I looked at Pete Rose. I said, Pete? I'm just like you, man. I love baseball. There's nobody loves baseball more than me, except maybe you. I said, you didn't give me a chance. 
I said, I hit better than everybody. I out hustled everybody. I worked everybody. And you sent me back to AAA because you didn't know who I was. I said, I want you to give me your word. If you have somebody that goes down up here and you need a hitter and I'm hitting in AAA, that I'm the first person you call up. And he looked at me and he, he just stared at me. He said, I give you my word. And guess what, coach? He did. I was the first person they called up that year. So uh, oh, I, I get awesome. that. I get that. You know, you, 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 left and, awesome. you left and you went to Arkansas. And there's another man of great faith, Ken Hatfield. I mean, he no – and, and so you, you followed another guy of great faith, Ken Hatfield. And I don't know if you know about this coach, I mean, you know, his history. You know, he, he played at Arkansas himself. You know who two of his team, oh, yeah. you know his teammates were Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones. Jerry uh, Jones, all in all. Yep, he, he was uh, he was uh, you know played with them. He scored, uh, had a punt return to beat Texas number one, and they went and had a championship team. But it was there, was it there or, or under Houston uh, McNutt or Houston Nutt when you went back to Arkansas when you came up with a wild hog offense? Yeah, I, listen, I went to Arkansas three different times. Once with Ken Hatfield, we were there for shoot five years won two conference championships and then i left there became a head coach at utep and came back after we got fired at uh at utep he got fired ken got fired at clemson and he took the job at rice and i came back spent seven more years with ken but there was two stints up there at arkansas with houston nut a first stint and a second stint and it was the second stint when we had those great backs peyton hillis of cleveland who just you know say barely got his life saved there in pensacola the other day he was the fullback, and, wow. and then we had two other backs who were both Scotty first-round draft choices, you know, and uh, uh, Felix Jones and Darren McFadden. Oh, and yeah. so getting all three of those guys on the field at the same time was very difficult, and Houston had this uh, uh, wildcat offense where the quarterback went out and played wide receiver. You snapped the ball, we snapped it to McFadden. He played quarterback. Jones ran across his face in a full sprint like a jet sweep every play, and he either gave it or he ran a play downhill, be it a power, be it a counter on the weak side, you know, be it inside zone, whatever we called. And, I mean, then McFadden could throw just enough where he was – when he threw some, it was a touchdown. And, I mean, we tore people up. We broke the school <laughs> record in total offense and points scored both. But, shoot, I had two number one draft choices. I was calling plays for it. That, was, that sure helps, let me tell you. And, and the third kid, the Hillis kid, got drafted in the seventh round. Three running backs drafted on one team. So, we had some talent. No, you did have some talent. In fact, McFadden ended up uh, tying uh, Frank Mordica, uh, old Vanderbilt boy I played with. I think it was 321 or 329 yards in a single game. And uh, yeah, he, I'm, I'm sure the Wild had offense. He, he was a great player, great player. Well, he, he he was special. And, and the great thing about the Wildcat is it was so difficult for defenses to line up against. But for offense, it was so easy. We just went unbalanced, but we blocked our same play. We blocked power, we blocked zone, we blocked all our plays. We just did it from an unbalanced formation that was cockeyed and never been seen before. And then that's exactly what, you know, I brought here in 2008 to the Dolphins. We were struggling. We were 0-2, rushed for 31 yards in two games, 0-2 record. Bam, we put the Wildcat in. We beat the crap out of New England up there, 38-13, to and went on to won 11 games, won the AFC East. And that was Chad Penning's quarterbacking. But – it was also that Wildcat. We scored 11 touchdowns with it that single season in the NFL. Well, you're not one to give yourself a, a pat on the back, but I think that's probably the year that you were innovator of the year, wasn't it, in professional football? That, that's, a, that's a pretty good distinction, Coach. You know, and, and um, that's a good distinction. 
You know, so my, I my you know, my uncle Carl, you remember him, uh, Carl Madison and Tate High School oh, in yeah, Pensacola. Great coach. Great coach. Uh, he's right now, he's second all time in uh, Florida wins. And, you know, this, we were down there last fall, uh, coach, and they named a football stadium after him. But you were talking about earlier about, you know, technique and how Coach Sloan and that staff, you know, changed your technique and made you all the difference. Well, I mean, we were on the Vera offense back then. And, you know, one of the people that helped me, you may not know this, but my uncle Carl, the, one of the folks he hired was Woodrow McCorvey, Woody McCorvey. I don't sure. know if you knew that or not. But uh, He had been Clemson forever. Yeah. Well, Woody, uh, he was a quarterback coach for me for two seasons under uh, uh, Coach Madison at Tate High School. And uh, he was a man, he's a man of great character as well. So I was very fortunate to have him and have you also. You know, I looked at uh, when you when you finally stepped into the National Football League, I guess you followed Coach Parcells, uh, you know, there. What, what made you step into the National Football League, you know, after being all those years in college? What, what influenced you? Well, I just wanted to try to go to the top level because I believed myself and believed that I could coach and develop. You know, the whole thing is can you get a guy better? Can you get him better? Well, Sloan had given me the fundamentals that improved my game so fast. It was unreal, but everybody else he'd ever coached was unreal. Everybody coached went, you know, went out of college, went to pro football, and he knew how to get you better. And I, of the nine guys that I coached in those 30 years of college, if all quarterbacks had signed NFL contracts, I had a first rounder, second rounder, all the way to a bunch of free agents. But the the the, the challenge of of doing it and in I didn't know anybody in the NFL, Scotty. And all of a sudden, our defense coordinator at Vanderbilt, 1973 and 4, Bill Parcells, was being interviewed to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, I called him and called him, and boom, he called me finally and said, come on, let's go, you know. And, and, and uh, so that was 2003, and Bill got me in the NFL. And then, you know, we, we had Romo, and Romo was a side armor just like me. I did a different drill to get him three-quarter overhand, but – being able to develop players and get players better. I got Ryan Fitzpatrick better. Uh, Tyrod Taylor proved two Pro Bowls back-to-back in Buffalo. He got better. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, another one from Harvard. He told me he didn't know any fundamentals, and he was in his fifth or sixth year of pro football. Oh, and his, his His stuff was a mess. But when you got the fundamentals, you can get a guy better. If you know the fundamentals and you know a drill to correct that fundamental, Scotty, they'll get better in a hurry, and that's what – kept me in the league for well i'm still in the league now well you know you 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 certainly were a great fundamental coach but coach i think there was maybe a little bit more than that i mean i i think you had the um i don't know the instinct the the i don't know the the grace uh, to be able to talk to people and i remember when um when i had been um redshirted and i came back in your office y'all were going to unredshirt me i guess that's a word and uh, say, hey, we're going to play you, you know, this week against Ole Miss. We're about six games in the season. And you, you, you told me this. He said, son, to be a great quarterback, you got to have thick skin and little ears. <laughs> and <laughs> do you remember that, Coach? I don't know if that was always that your mind. That came from my daddy, Bill Lee. That, that came from Bill Lee. you got to have thick skin and little ears. So have you told other NFL coaches beside me, and make me feel better if you did, is that what you told them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, these QBs, I mean, you talk about adversity. Scotty, look at our NFL right now. I mean, there's Zach Wilson. He's two years flunked out of the Jets. You know, the guy before him, uh, what's his name, uh, Flip. You know, drafted the Jets before him. Right, He's now right. Carolina. Darn, he gets he gets traded out of there. I mean, look at, uh, uh, gosh, adversity two has had here. Three concussions this season. Look at Carson Wentz benched three times. J- Matt Ryan benched twice. 
know, Garoppolo gets hurt. You know, uh, it's the Trey Lance, he gets hurt. You know, in other words, you're going to have adversity. And that's what I had with those dislocations. All I wanted to do my whole life growing up as a kid was be a starting college quarterback. I didn't even think about pro football. I wanted to be a starting college quarterback. And that, that, that thing that happened to me that I shared about Vanderbilt, hey, my sophomore year, I finally get the chance. They bench Watson Brown. They put me in. We're one and three. We're not very good. We're turning the ball over. Bill Pace brings me in and says, hey, David, he said, just don't turn the ball over. We know you can throw. Just don't turn the ball over. Scotty, I went zero for ten. I went 0 for 10 that night. We won the game 10 to 7. But I went 0 for 10. Your boy Jimmy Davey there at the tennis. Fred oh, Russell yeah, I the remember other him. Favorite, yep, Jimmy his Davey. Headline, his headline, Jimmy Davey's headline was Lee Hurl's first shutout of all season. <laughs> after that from Jimmy Davey. Hey, first Bill, 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 Pace, Bill Pace was the head coach. He called me in the office the next Monday. He said, well, David, we're benching you. We're going to start, uh, I don't know who it was. We went through five quarterbacks and they fired the staff. But anyway, when when I went over ten and I woke up and I read that headline, Scotty, my God was football, and it fell and flunked, and God, football flunked right in front of me, and I and and my my God was gone, and man, that you talking about adversity, and then getting benched the next morning when I you know talked to the coach on set Monday morning at 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 the practice, and then I'm benched, and and I mean everything fell right in front of me. That's why Bo Patton was seeing what he was seeing and sharing with me what he was sharing with me because. At the quarterback position, Scotty, you experienced it with me. And when we redshirted you, you're going to have adversity. But if you can look at it as to, hey, hold your water, learn what teach, let God teach you what he wants to teach you and mold you into what he wants to make you because there's opportunity on the end of the end. And that's why I look at adversity now. Say, opportunity is just starting to open the door. Excuse me. Adversity is starting to open the door for the opportunity that lies ahead. Because you're going to play quarterback, you're going to have it. It's no different life. My dad always said to you, son, you're only as good as the next game you play. And uh, That's exactly right, quarterback. You're only as good as practice you play a quarterback. Yeah, I know. You know, and, 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 and Coach, you're, you're kind of leading to my next uh, kind of question. You know, uh, everywhere you've gone or many places you've gone, it seemed that your job was to uh, kind of bring some calm to the quarterback. And besides some, uh, you know, foot skills, arm skills, you know, uh, technique, but I know I was reading something about, of course, you did that with Sanchez at the Jets. But I want to ask you this. If you had to put your finger on it, you know, when you're hired for these positions to uh, resurrect a quarterback, to, uh, you know, bring back life into uh, a great athlete, do you think it's more because of your football skills as a coach or do you think it's more because of your people skills or able to help teach them and put perspective on both football and life? Oh, man, Scotty, you just tore into my heart because it's exactly how I coach, which is this. is Dear Heavenly Father, coach through me today. Speak through me. Fill me full of your Holy Spirit. And let me see this kid the way you see him. Let me see what's wrong. And then give me the answers to how to correct it. In Jesus' name, amen. That's how I went to practice and got guys better. That's how I helped guys through adversity. In other words, I prayed my way through everything. I'd be in staff meetings. And my quarterback didn't play well. My whole staff's in there, 16 coaches in there were all sharing about what went right, what went wrong. And I would just pray. I said, Lord, my guy just threw two picks in the fourth quarter and we lost the game. Give me the word. Da, da, da. And he always did. He always would. And that's how I did it because the NFL is so big. It's so gigantic. There's so many exit doors as to getting out of there and, you know, screwing up and something not happening right. But, boy, I just you – know, I, I was blessed. I mean, have a guy like Chad Pennington and then getting to, you know, be a factor in Romo and changing his release, those things – you know, and, and being able to help guys that needed help. And, but all of it was done because God did it through me. And that's a, that's totally, I'm not, 
trying to be a preacher here. I'm not a preacher. I'm a jerk. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of bad things wrong with David Lee, but I promise you the success I've had in coaching has been totally throwing my hands up saying, Lord, do it through me. And that's how it all worked out, Scotty. Well, that's incredible, Coach. I guess that's what you'd be able to tell a young coach, you know, that you got to be able to treat players uh, like you treat them, you know, uh, just – you, you got to let God work through you because you don't have all the answers. Well, neither do they have the answers. I guess that'd be your advice for a young coach. Well, that that's, you know, that's, that's right. You know, and Scotty, and, and it's hard. I can still see you sitting in your chair and me sitting in my desk in that room at, at, in my office at Vanderbilt and praying before you came in there. And it was like, you know, the relationship you and I had was, I was dead ass honest with you and you were dead honest with me. You know, and that's the way you got to coach a quarterback. You got to be totally honest up front, and it hurts sometimes. The same things you got to say, but you know, if you pray about it first and ask him to speak through you, then he knows what how the others are. You know, the other side's going to take it, and you did what any winner would do. You fought your ass off, got back, great career. You know, in professional baseball, we just should have played you at Vanderbilt. I may still be coaching at Vandy <laughs> to start at you. Oh, think of all the other people you've influenced, Coach. You know, in a good way. Uh, you know, what, what would you have to say with uh, – I got another question for you. What would you have to say to a, a, a young coach getting started uh, on how to manage uh, being a coach and also being a dad and also being a, a parent? Because it, it's hard. Uh, you guys give up a lot of time and sacrifice a lot of family. Well, Scotty, what a tremendously hard, difficult question to answer because – the time in the NFL was ridiculous. I mean, it was 80 to 90 hours every week. And of course, then you, you know, you spent all day Saturday traveling to get where you're going to play it on Sunday. But number one, I think the most important thing is just pray like crazy about who your wife is. And she better like football. Mine happens to love it. I mean, I'd call games, you know, as a coordinator and I'd be in the car and I'd say, hey, you know, Lynn, just scored 37 points. And, won the game and what you think, huh? You know, I wonder tell me something good. You know, said, you don't ever throw the tight end, do you? When are you gonna start throwing the tight end? You know, I go, golly, Lynn, you're like a member of the media. But she loved football, Scotty, so much. And just love, you know, being a part of it. That I, I think that was the, the key to success and that she raised my four kids, the two boys and two girls. I mean, she because I was gone so much and then in football season, the football season's over, bam, you're on the road recruiting for two and a half months. You know, and then you, and you fly out every Monday morning. You fly in every Thursday night because the kids are flying in for an official visit on Friday night, and you know, Saturday. And, and, and man, it keeps my heart to balance. i tell you what I did when I walked in my front door. I can remember doing this in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I was with the Razorbacks all those years. I marked a little, got a little knife and cut a little bitty thing right above the key that unlocked the door. And that little bitty cut and scrape on the where I had to focus to get the key in the keyhole that told me right then, hey, flush it, flush everything about today, forget football, and fall in love with your kids and your wife right now. Scotty, that's the only thing I can remember that, because if Scotty, I'd bring it home with me. I, I could keep it in my head and not get it out, and not, not wanting to, trying to, but I couldn't get it out of my head. I had to pray that prayer and focus on that notch above the keyhole to be a dad when I hit the door, because it wasn't easy. Well, Coach, it's interesting. That's that's a great message, certain for young coaches or young anybody, professionals. I mean, if you're in sales, trust me, had a sales career, you can take it home and be consumed, you know, 24 hours in that too. But you actually did tell me that uh, we were on the football sideline one day, and you said, "Son, when you cross over this line and you get inside this 
rectangle right here and you're playing football, you don't think about anything that's happened at home. Those problems stay there. But when you get across on the other side and you leave this rectangle and you leave and, and walk and you get into your home life, family life, you don't take your football problems home with you. I remember you telling me that early on. I don't know if you knew that. You knew that back then, Coach, but that's what you told me. <laughs> Appreciate you sharing that with me. That's great. Well, listen, I want to be sensitive to your time. I, I do have one other question here. And, 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 Coach, it's been, again, you were so important to me in my life. And even though you spent one year, you made a big impact on me. And I uh, love you dearly. Yeah. But the day comes when you step into eternity, Coach. And, and how do you want your friends and your family to remember Coach David Lee or Daddy David Lee, or Father David Lee? Well, I, that's such a hard question because you don't you know, sit around thinking about death and dying and how you want to be looked at. But I just hope it was uh, that I was, you know, honest with people and I really truly cared about people, you know, more so than I cared about winning football games. And it just, you know, just hope somehow I could touch somebody's life like Steve Sloan, you know, and Bo Patton touched my life because – where would I be without Bo Patton? You know, I don't know, but you know, I'm so thankful for him because he took the time and shared with me three nights in a row when I tried to kick him out all three nights and he did. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, it would just be that Scotty that, that I cared about people and, and, uh, and that, you know, I gave him the best thing I could give him, which was, you know, sharing my faith and how I came to Christ. Well, coach, that's awesome. I love you dearly, man. I wish you the best. I'm going to get down to Miami and see you. And uh, what's this, a 46th year you've been coaching? This is uh, 48th. And I'll tell you, these last four, all I do is the college quarterback draft for the Dolphins. I've got the best job in the world. I come in one to two days a week, and uh, twice a year I read my reports to the scouts and the coaches on the quarterbacks that are out there. And uh, So basically I coach 30 in college, 14 in the NFL, and then these last four in the NFL as a consultant with the Dolphins. So. Still well, that's fabulous. <laughs> well, you know, coach, you, you have old coaches who say, "Well, this guy, the day you know he comes and he he, he gets into the earth here, that he's going to be buried at the fifty yard line." Not you, coach. You're going to be buried in the end zone because you are all about offense. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Scotty. Thank you so much. You take for care. Me God bless. I love you. I appreciate it. Bye bye. Thank take you. Take care. This episode of It's Not the Duck is brought to you by Get Carried Away. When you're looking for that perfect home-cooked low-country meal for your family on a Sunday afternoon or dinner options to impress your guests, look no further than Get Carried Away. Go to GetCarriedAwayPI.com. Well, if I had a ladder's lamp for only a day, I'd make a wish and here's what I'd say. Oh, nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina eating. I get carried away.